0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Further Up, Further In podcast. This is Kayla. I've got my friends Haley and Sean back with me today. Hey! Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Super excited to have them back. Uh, We know it's been a week or so, um, but we just kind of even talking about last week as we've been reading through Hebrews and just spending time in the Word together that we really felt like um, it would be good to cover and talk through chapters 3 and 4 together. Um, We've seen a lot of fruit um, just in the way the Spirit's been revealing things to us as we go through both chapters together. And so we wanted to do the same thing in regards to the podcast episode as well. Um, And so kind of to get things started, we want to recap what we've talked about in Hebrews 1 and 2. A huge thing that we talked about last time in Hebrews 2 was chapter 2, verse 1, where it's like, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. And we definitely want to make sure we're doing that as we go through Hebrews. (laughs) We want to make sure we have paid much closer attention to what we've heard. Um, And that includes chapters 1 and 2 as we move on to 3 and 4. So, yeah, one thing that we talked about in our conversation was just, like, if we're looking back at chapter 1, what if you had to summarize it in a phrase, just in, like, one sentence— what, what is one thing that I've got to be able to take away from chapter 1 as I'm going through the rest of this book, as I'm going through the rest of the Bible, what as I'm going through my day-to-day life? What is the one thing that I need to hold fast to um,
1: as I'm leaving this chapter? Verse 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that, like, in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son—
0: yeah yeah and we talked about when we were talking about chapter one like when it when it references in these last days it means now from the time that jesus showed Mm -hmm. up on the earth until the time that he comes back um and so and so yeah it's like if i'm if i take anything away from chapters from chapter one let it be verse one and two right that like Mm -hmm. long ago god chose to speak and yeah he spoke to our fathers by the prophets and that was awesome but in these last days Right now, in this very moment, he is still choosing to speak to me and he's choosing to speak to me by his son through Christ. And so because of that, like, I've got to know that Christ is better than the prophets. He's better than everything that I could ever know. He's better than the angels. He's he's better than all of this other stuff. Yet he still chooses to speak to me. And so then rolling from that, what what do we take away if we can take away anything from chapter two? the main thing that we want to take away would be um, probably like w- verses 14 and 15, right? That even though he was so high that God appointed him to be the air of things, that he was better than anyone else, better than anything else we'd ever seen before, he chose to come down, partake of the same things of flesh and blood, um, that he went through the suffering of death, that he might destroy the one who has the power of death, to deliver all those through fear of death, which is us. We're subject to lifelong slavery, and so yeah, Jesus is high and lifted up, he's better than anything that we've ever seen before. Um, but he chose to come down, he chose to deliver us, he chose yeah. to become like us. And call us family and so those those are the main things right like if we if we can we want to take everything from chapters one and two and move on mm-hmm. um but but yeah we we want to fight to make sure that we are paying much closer attention to the things that we've heard and so those are the two things rolling into chapters three and four that we want to make sure we have at the forefront of our minds and everything that we're hearing you know
2: and even like starting off with chapter three it says like Therefore, you who share in a heavenly calling, like consider Jesus. Mm. And so again, it's starting us off saying, consider what you've heard, hold fast to what you've heard, like filter everything through what you've heard. And I know you were talking about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, something that we were we were pointing out a couple days ago is is it's it's not a coincidence. you know, it might be a little bit different, you know, what depending on what translation you're using, but but the general gist is there if you're using the ESV, you'll see chapter two, the first word is therefore. So it's like, because of everything that we've seen in chapter one, because of this character of Christ, because it's really all chapter one is hitting is how great Christ is, who he is. Um, Therefore, we'll move on to chapter two. Mm -hmm. Now we'll talk about what he's done and, and kind of what, like, keep he in mind is. what we've
2: covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we yeah. like
0: we cannot dare move on to these things without bringing chapter 1 with us. And so it's no coincidence then that chapter 3 in the ESV, it starts off with therefore. And so it's like we're not moving on to anything in chapter 3 without bringing with us the picture that chapter 1 gives us of who Christ is. And the picture that chapter 2 gives us of what he's done for us. And, and the ramifications that has for all of eternity because of that. And then again spoiler, like no, no shock. Chapter four, the first word is therefore. And so we're not moving on to chapter four without anything that we've taken from chapter three. And this is so important because, you know, as we get into this, we, we see verses in chapter three and chapter four that can be kind of scary, that can cause us to doubt, yeah. that can cause us to ask a lot of questions. And so we have got to fight even more than to to sift every single one of these verses, these passages, these ideas through the character of Christ that we're given from the very get-go in chapter one, from this idea that long ago, in many times, in many ways, God chose to speak to us. He chose to speak to our fathers by the prophets. In these last days, he has chosen to speak to us by his son. And his son's not just some random dude. He was appointed the heir of all things. In him, all things have been created. This really important guy is speaking to me in these last days, every day, every moment, He came to die for me. He's delivered me from the fear of death. Those are all of the thoughts that I've got to keep with me as I'm sifting through every single part of this book moving forward, specifically this week in chapters
1: 3 and
0: Mm 4. Yeah, and so something else that we kind of talked about last week or the past couple days, in remembering kind of or clinging to the basis that Hebrews is laying out for us. You know, it laid out a really steady foundation of chapter 1 that really had nothing to do with us, which is just beautiful. Yeah. Because life really
2: has nothing to do with us. Like, we're not, that. that's something we've kept saying. It's like, when we're discussing things in our lives, and things like, we'll just look at each other and be like, hey, you're not that important. Yeah. And praise God that you're yeah. not. Yeah, I love sure. you
0: enough to tell you that, like, you've got to think smaller about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and that goes back to, you know, what, what we've been talking about is just like, like consider Jesus, remember Jesus. Um, don't remember you, like remember Jesus. And so, as, you know, as we've been talking about the, this foundation that we're giving in one of who Christ is and how it's so beautifully done, chapter two of what He has done for us, of how he's brought us into this family, of, of what that kind of means for us moving forward, Um, we, we want to think of chapter three in light of all those things, chapter four in light of all those things. And so some of the questions that we were asking that we hope you guys were asking, if you weren't ask them now as, as you go through this now, but continue asking it as you read through the rest of Hebrews, as you read through the rest of scripture, these are things that we don't want to lose. So like we were talking about in chapter three, verse six, it says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. And so so we were talking about, okay, that's awesome. That sounds like a really big statement. What is our confidence? What is our boasting? What's our hope? Like, like these are important things to ask. We, we see the same kind of lingo used in verse 14 where it says, For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. And it's like, okay, well, I want to share in Christ, so I've got to make sure I'm holding my original confidence firm to the end. What is my original confidence? In chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And so it's like, what is my confession? And even, um, you know, as we go through the rest of this book, we're going to see statements come up more like that. Mm-hmm. And and so these are great promises in these verses and so it's like like I've got to make sure that I'm getting the confession yeah. the confidence the posting the hope like I want to make sure I'm getting in on this so what does that mean and so something that we were talking about and just asking ourselves this week is is it's kind of just making sure we were filtering and sifting things through correctly it's like okay in terms of all the author of Hebrews has given us just based on the book of Hebrews what is my confidence and we spent a while looking at it and and really just said, you know, my confidence is exactly what we've been talking about. That long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. And this Jesus. He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And there's so much more to those two things, right? That's why like the rest of chapter one Mm -hmm. and chapter two exist, but that that's what it's talking about when it says we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope, I am the house of Christ. If I believe that God has spoken to all of his creation through his son, if I believe that Christ came, partook of flesh and blood, partook of suffering, um, and has delivered me from fear of lifelong death, the, those things, believing those things, um, changes the course of my life. This is, this is the confession, the confidence, the hope that is being referenced throughout the rest of Hebrews. And so we've got to make sure we pay much closer attention to what we have heard, that we remember um, kind of what's going on. Um, something else that like I was telling Sean and Haley about earlier that um, I, I've been praying a lot just in my own life for about a month now um, with some extenuating circumstances going on. Something that the Father's really um, convicted me of and just kind of shown me ways that I can grow is is praying that the Lord would redeem the tone of Christ in my life. Um, you know, as you get to know someone well. There's a huge difference in the, not what they say, but the way that they say things, their, their, um, mannerisms, their, um, the, the tone that they use about certain things, the way that they um, have their voice change on certain words, you know, just all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it can be really different for Christ to just say one thing to me and me assume that he's saying it aggressively or, um kind of angrily, passively, than than how he's actually saying it. And so I've just been praying that the Father would restore a true tone of Christ to me over the past month. And over these last two weeks, he has been so, so, so faithful to do that in chapters 3 and 4 of Hebrews. There's so many statements that I've read before in my life that um, just cause so much fear. Um, for example, you know, chapter three verses 11 and 12, where it's like, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Chapter three, verse 19, where it's like, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Chapter four, verse one, where it's like, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fearless. Any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Um, those are really weighty, scary statements. Those are really scary things. Yeah. And, and it's just, um, man, the spirit was just so kind as I was going through this to help me slow down. And, and to help me, as we've been talking about, remember Jesus. Yeah. Um, like like That's what we see in chapter 1. It's like, if you don't get anything from this, if you don't take away anything, take away the character of Christ. And when you move on to chapter 2, pay much closer attention to what you've heard. Don't come here unless you've got a good grip on who Christ is. And then even going into verse 3, he doesn't leave the first verse without saying, consider Jesus like take time to consider him as you're going through all of this let the picture of Christ the true picture of Christ the true tone of Christ be at the forefront of your mind and um, as I've been praying for just this weight of the voice of Christ the tone of Christ to truly be imputed in my life I had no idea that that was going to happen through Hebrews really cool that that happened but but God has just caused me to slow down over some of these statements um, and just really ask questions mm-hmm. about it. And so one thing that we've talked a lot about is just like, like, as we come to these statements where we don't necessarily know what they, what they mean, how do we fight for the tone of Christ in that? And so one huge thing that's really important is that we've got to take what we do know about God to help us figure out the things we don't know about him. And so we, we've talked a lot about like sifting through things through the character of Christ. Um, And we even need to sift through the character of Christ with the parts of the character of Christ that we do know. Mm -hmm. And so I know who Christ is. I know that he was high and lofted up. I I know that that he was... um better than the angels, better than the prophets, that he chose to come down, he chose to deliver us, he took on flesh and blood because he didn't have to, but he wanted to, and he defeated death. All of these things, I, I'm told that he is kind, that his kindness leads me to repentance, that he is abounding in faithfulness, forgiveness, that he's slow to anger, all of these things, those things are clear, clear to the point there's no question marks about those statements so when i come to a statement that's like verse 11 of chapter 3 and it's god speaking and it says as i swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest and my go to thing is to start asking some questions and and becoming fearful and just wondering who is is God going to swear that I can't enter his rest?
2: Yeah, like, you can't get in. You're, you're not good enough. You're not this enough.
0: Yeah, like, I, like I, it's easy to start feeling those things and to start questioning those things. It's easy to start run running off and remembering all of these ways that I've screwed up, all the ways that I haven't been good enough. But that's not what the author of Hebrews tells me to do. He doesn't say, remember your imperfections. Consider how you've fallen short. He says, consider Jesus. Consider all that I've given you. Consider, um who Christ is, not yourself, not your performance, nothing like that. And, 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 and all of these statements, those are the things that I've got to be remembering. I've, I've got mm-hmm. to remember Jesus. And, and we've learned that so well. And, and hopefully you'll hear us talk about that more today as we're going through chapters three and four. Um, but yeah, the, we just want to go back to the importance of sifting through the character of Jesus using the character of Jesus, and and Sean, you kind of touched on that earlier, of just um, all that we're really asked to do here. It can seem like we're, we're asked to do a lot in these chapters that can, can cause on a lot of
2: fear, but that's not the case. Yeah, I think I'm just really not, this is something I really struggle with, is resting, and I turn even rest into something that I have to achieve. I'm just not a very restful person, especially in just believing What's true about the gospel and one thing you see at the end of chapter 3 in verse 19, it says, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And mm-hmm. then in chapter 4 verse 3, it says, for we who have believed enter that rest. Mm-hmm. And all all the Lord is asking of us all that he's saying is just believe. It's like all we have to do to enter his rest is just rest and just believe in that. Um Yeah, and that just really struck me because I try to make it this whole to-do list. Yeah.
1: hmm
2: And he's not he's not asking for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We even uh we were talking about earlier, just like another verse that we see come straight out of Jesus' mouth is like John six twenty nine where he's like, This this is the work that you're called to do. Believe in the one who has been sent. Um and, and that's straight from the mouth of Christ.
2: Yeah, it's not like, do these things, yeah. do those things. It's like, no, this is your work to just trust me. Believe, yeah, believe in me.
0: And, and we see in Hebrews 3 and 4, this belief leads to rest. Um, as we met last week and we were talking for a while through Hebrews 3, um, we, just, we spent a long time reading it in um, the ESV, NIV, NLT, a lot of other ones yeah. um, but yeah. we we took a second to stop and read it through the message um and I just want to take a second to do that it's not a lot but uh it's good yeah and it, it kind of just um helps me helps change my mindset a little bit um and open my mind a little bit to what to what this author is trying to say so starting in verse one it says so my dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful in everything God gave him to do. Moses was also faithful, but Jesus gets far more honor. A builder is more valuable than a building any day. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. Moses did a good job in God's house, but it was all servant work, getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as son is in charge of the house. Now, if we can only keep a firm grip on this bold confidence, we're the house. That's why the Holy Spirit says, Today, please listen, don't turn a deaf as in the bitter uprising, that time of wilderness testing. Even though they watched me at work for 40 years, your ancestors refused to let me do it my way. Over and over, they tried my patience, and I was provoked. Oh, so provoked. I said, they'll never keep their minds on God. They refuse to walk down my road. Exasperated, I vowed, they'll never get where they're going, never be able to sit down and rest. So watch your step friends, make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as it's still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. These words keep ringing in our ears today, please listen, don't turn a deaf ears in the bitter uprising. For who were the people who turned a deaf ear? Weren't they the very ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was God provoked with for 40 years? Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up corpses in the wilderness? And when he swore that they'd never get where they were going, wasn't he talking to the ones who turned a deaf ear? They never got there because they never listened, never believed. Man, and and that just really helped us to kind of zoom out a little bit. As we were reading Hebrews 3, we were getting caught up on some of these verses. of just like, what does that mean? Does that apply to me? Am I going to enter the rest? Does God still like me? I don't really know. And, um... Just man, like backtracking of just like, like we see God in, in verse 11 that we read there, just like, like this isn't a spirit of Gandalf with his staff being like, you shall not pass. This is God lamenting over the fact that his creatures have not chosen him, Mm -hmm. that he has provided abundant rest. He has made it as clear as day. It's almost like there's like these giant neon signs and arrows pointing to it. It's like, rest this way, inviting everyone in. Jesus standing on the corner, not as a bouncer that's kicking people out, but as one who's crying out, come all who are heavy burdened, all who are weary, come all of you who are tired, come into this rest. And us just choosing not to go there, us choosing not to enter, and we see god lamenting over this not like acting out aggressively towards us which i think is um easy to kind of like believe at first but that's not that's not what we see um and we see in john 10 in verse 9 when jesus is talking and he's talking about being the good shepherd for the sheep and in verse 9 he says i'm the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture and that's what jesus is offering us he's offering us pasture he's offering us rest and so it's like as i read that and i think on it it's like why wouldn't i take him up on it
2: why why wouldn't i want to go in but it's like to do that you have to let go of the ability to like earn it on your own Mm. it's like you have to accept what christ has done Mm. and i find myself so often being like ah i want to I want to try to earn this, which makes no sense. But, you know, our eyes yeah. are so fixed on what we're doing. And again, we just need to fix our eyes on, Jesus. on Christ. Consider Jesus. Yeah. We, we talked about
0: in, in uh, previous episodes, I don't remember specifically if they were the Hebrew ones, but uh, anyone that's listened, anyone that knows me knows that I, I really believe that in all of our sin, in all of the lies that we believe, it can really come down to, Forgetting, forgetting something about God, forgetting some of his promises, forgetting how he feels about me. Somewhere along the way, that leads me to believe a lie about him or to fall into sin or whatever. And so there's no coincidence that we're on the fourth week of doing this. And literally all we've seen is, please remember Jesus. Like, it's like the writer of Hebrews is begging us. Just like, if you don't do anything else, just remember who Jesus is and and there's so much fruit and just straight up rest that comes from that.
2: Yeah, and it's like God's saying let the work that I've already done be sufficient. Like I've I've already done all the work, just let that be sufficient.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also like it's so beautiful to remember that like Believing is something that we do in community. And, like, mm-hmm. chapter 3 talks about, like, exhorting one another daily, which is, like, encouraging one another and just sharing in Christ. And also, like, like you, like the translation of the message that you read, it doesn't say keep yourself on your toes. It says keep each other on your toes. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Like, screaming at one another the whole time. Like, hey, like, remember Jesus. Like, he's got rest. Yeah. This is better. And it's, it's so crazy because when I get tripped up in all these lies, I'm not seeing clearly. Right, like I'm not thinking clearly. I need the Spirit. I need Jesus. I need the Father. But the Father and the Spirit's also coming to me through my brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. sh- shouting at me, yeah. exhorting me every single day. Hey, remember Jesus today. This is where your life is found. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, like like we we don't want death for ourselves. We don't want death for our friends. We don't want death for our brothers and sisters. We want life. We know that there's more freedom. And so we fight for it. But we also remember in everything that more than I want rest for each of you, more than I could ever want rest for myself, man, does the Father want rest for mm-hmm. me. And that's that's what I've got to remember is, is just like even more than my, every single day and all of that I want for myself summed up is but a speck to how much the Father wants rest and freedom for me. And that's just incredible. That so stirs my affections for the Lord. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, rolling from that, we, we want to talk about the character of the Father, the character of Christ that we see in these passages. You know, in uh, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And then if you flip down to verses 9 and 10, it says... Um, So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. And so we want to remember that the character of God is one of rest. Um, We see him do things in in the creation story specifically, in the rest of Scripture, but specifically in the creation story. Mm -hmm. We see him do things. We see him create things. We see him call it good, say it is finished, and then rest from his work. Um, We see Jesus when he comes. We see him destroy death on the cross and by doing so create life in us redeem us call us his own call it good literally on the cross as it is finished and rest and as we read in hebrews sit down at the right hand of majesty um he's called it good and He has invited us into that we see in chapter four here him inviting us into that rest that he's given us um and that's just that's really cool one thing that We've talked a lot about this week that the Spirit was just really, really kind to it just show. just kept coming up. Yeah, it just kept coming up, and He was really kind to show us and kind of honestly really convict us and stop us all in our
2: tracks a oh, little bit. Oh, He wrecked us Sunday night. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah, and it's still continuing to do so. It's just reminding us that even when we're specifically looking at the creation story, God creates all of these things, like we said, he calls it good. He says it is finished, and he rests. We never see God asking Adam and Eve or anyone else in all of Scripture to decide if something he made was good or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He calls it good, and he invites them into the goodness. And And honestly, they weren't even there for that part, right? Like, he made it all, and he was like, yes, this is good. Because this is good, I will make people here, and I will call them good. And so it wasn't like Adam showed up on the scene. He was like, okay, I think this is good. You tell me what you think now. And I, oh, no, 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 You think I should adjust it a little bit? You think zebras should be black with white stripes, not white with black stripes? Okay, all right, I'll change it. Like, no, like he he called it good and it was final. It was done. And, And so we see that we are not, we've never been called to take the things that God has made and decide if they are good or not. We are not burdened with the task of judgment towards God, towards ourselves, our circumstances, or anything else. His judgment was good and final in creation. The judgment of Christ was good and final on the cross. When he says it is finished, it is something that he means. And so when Christ looks at us, when he declared us clean, when he declared us his own, when he stamps son or daughter across our head, um, he declared us his and it was final. It was done. He If he rested in it, it's over. He's not constantly rethinking or reevaluating his decision about us every day. We don't see God do that in creation. We don't see Christ do it on the cross. And so why am I living every day assuming that he's doing that?
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like he rested. So it's not like we're then called to somehow pick up the slack. Like it's it's done. Yeah, it's it's already done. And I, I just
0: find myself so often whenever I sin or whatever it is, the, like, beckoning into that question of, like, are we still good? Is I really—I'm still sealed, right? Like, glorification will happen. Like, question do, you, do right? I need to do
2: something? Yeah. Do I need
0: to— Oh, no. And he's just like, dude, like, who do you think you are to yeah. call my judgment into question? And, and it's, it's kind of crazy, too. Like, when we take on the role of judging things, when we believe that it's up to us to call things good and bad, we become like Eve in the garden, right? Who heard? Mm-hmm. Literally heard God say, "If you eat anything from that tree, it will lead to death." Yet somehow she believes she can eat something from that tree and it can lead to life.
2: And it's like, oh, I, I know better. Yeah. And God's like, who? That's who ins- are you? That's
0: and we hear that mm-hmm. story and we're like, you're a fool, Eve. But but we do the we do kind of the opposite the whole time. Sometimes we do the same thing, but more often than not, we do the opposite. Right? Like we see terrible circumstances in our lives. We see terrible sin in our lives. We see the way that we've messed things up. We see sin in others, whatever it is. And we look at it and we say, this thing is death. This is horrible. This is terrible. Nothing good can come from this. This is bad. And God's like, "No, like who are you to say that I can't bring life from that? Like, who are you to say that this is done, this is final, it's over, it ends in death, nothing good can come of it, I've messed it up too much, it's too bad. Who are you to do that? Like, that is not the job that I gave you. This is not not the role that I gave you. And and so it's just crazy to me to think about how unrestful that mindset is, yet how quickly I choose to partake in it.
2: Oh yeah. And
0: believe that that is something that God has called me to do. I don't see Christ or the Father reevaluating what he's called good good. And so I don't need to do that either. Christ has called me and our relationship good. It's final. His word is final and he's not asking me to constantly reevaluate it. Um, and, and so, you know, something that we've talked about a lot is in First Corinthians 13, it talks about like, we, we don't see in full, we only see in part, but one day I will see fully as I have been fully known. And so how foolish is it of me to believe that I can see in full, that I can see my sin in full, that I can see God in full, the gospel in full, my circumstances in, in full. When God has specifically told me, you are finite, you can only see in part. Um... And so we don't know things in full about anything. But when we believe we do, we also believe that we have to pick back up the responsibility of declaring things good or bad, which never leads to rest. Mm -hmm. If I believe I can fully see something, I can see the full scope of why something happened, what happened, I can see the full scope of my sin or whatever, technically then I probably would have the credibility to decide if it was good or bad. But God has already told me that I don't see in full, I only see in part, so I am therefore not qualified to call something good or bad to declare it good or bad like God can and so if it's true that I don't know in full how can I accurately and adequately make a judgment about something I can't so it's good that I was never called to do that I just called it good
1: (laughs) But I, I think it's good also like how like freeing and exciting is that that like no matter what happens that like God can use that and redeem that and like call it good and that like that's something that he's doing and not us like that's just so freeing yeah like whatever circumstance
2: whatever mistake whatever thing that happens like it's not our job to make sure it turns out okay
0: yeah we literally can't um and man that's just it's so restful and so kind of our father who is the good judge who looks at us and says listen you don't know in full you don't have the final word Mm -hmm. but i do have the final word so just trust me with it Um, and that's just that's so 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 sweet um just kind of going back to you know as we're entering into chapter four now we want to bring with us this idea of remembering we've hit on it a lot but we don't want to move on to chapter four unless we've got chapter one two and three like like we it's all got to build on top of each other there's a reason it was written this way and so as chapter two verse one said we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard we want to consider Jesus as chapter three verse one says um and and so even going into this idea of rest and getting rest from the father and Jesus inviting us into rest we have to remember who he is and what he's done especially in light of what we just talked about and the fact that like he's called it good and he's called it finished why are we still working to maintain something he's already given us Mm -hmm. um and so something that like I've got to be so quick to remind myself is just that like if, if my place of rest if, if i believe that my place of rest having a place maintaining that place keeping it whatever is determined by my own effort then i would be super quick not to come back home to it whenever i messed up i would feel like i didn't deserve it and so it's really important that as we remember jesus we also remember what he's given us and that is a free place of rest a home to abide in um, John fifteen, Jesus says, "As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love." He has given us a home in His love, not because of anything that I have done, um, and therefore I cannot lose it based off of something I have or haven't done either. And that's super important to remember as we're as we're moving forward. Um, so yeah, and something else that we kind of thought was interesting too, and in, in talking about remembering, you know, we talked about chapter two, verse one a lot last last time was just that uh, a like. Therefore, we must pay cl- much closer attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. And even seeing, you know, chapter 3, verse 12, this is one of those verses that kind of sparked a little fear in me before. Where it's like, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. And it's just like, oh, oh, I don't want that for my life. But really, when you think about it, it's saying the exact same thing that chapter 2, verse 1 is saying. Like, "Like, take care, lest you fall away from the living God. It's like, be much quicker to remember, lest you drift And so we see here that falling away, drifting, they are kind of the same thing, but it is remembering Jesus that protects us from an evil, unbelieving heart. It is remembering Jesus that lets us just lie down and rest with Him, um, which is incredible.
2: Okay, so one thing we were talking about with uh, chapter 4, verse 12, is um, just first of all realizing that when it says um, that the Word of God is this or that, yes, that's the Bible. Yeah but it's also Christ. Mm. Um, and just realizing that those are not two separate things. But one thing we were actually looking up, I was like, okay, so it says piercing between soul and spirit. Sean's a big word person. Yeah. Yeah. Very big in linguistics. (laughs) Yes. Um, like what's the difference between soul and spirit? And what we found was actually super cool and brought so much like fruit and light from this verse so, the spirit is, and help me explain this, Kayla, a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: So, th- it was basically like saying, like, the spirit, we we have a spirit and a soul that are both contained within a body that God has given us. But the spirit and soul are different. We usually, like, use them synonymously because we can't see either of them. And right. And we only know in part. So, it makes sense that we act like we know in full. Yeah. Um, but the spirit is what has been signed, sealed. And delivered for the kingdom, it is the same today as it will be when we stand before the throne. It has been fully redeemed, um, and when the Father looks at us and He looks at our spirit, He literally sees like the spirit of Christ.
2: Yeah, and so like that's like we all have that same spirit, mm. and then it was saying that the soul is our personality and those things that we would kind of think is like our mind, um, or like speech, our attitudes. Yeah. And so we can't see the difference. So we look at ourselves and we see our soul. We see all the ways we're messing up. We see all the things we say. But God looks at us and he sees our spirit. He sees Mm -hmm. Jesus. And just realizing that, like, it's through Christ and it's through the Word that we're able to tell the difference between the two. And that just, it makes us look at so many verses differently when we realize what's actually being talked about. And that,
0: I think, too, that Christ is able to distinguish between those two things Mm -hmm. like he is more than capable to distinguish he he doesn't look at us like we do and define us by our thoughts and our actions and our attitudes and intentions like he knows that we're more than that yeah which is just really sweet um so as we were kind of like looking this up last week um we just found this like one quote that we believe like summed it up pretty well and sean do you want to read it
2: yeah, um, so it said, Our spirit is already blameless, but our soul, the thoughts, attitudes, and intent of the heart needs to be renewed and reminded of who we are in the spirit so we will experience in the physical realm as well as the spiritual. And so it's kind of like how, um, isn't it actually later in Hebrews, like 10, 14, where it says, For by one sacrifice he is made perfect forever, those who are yeah. being made holy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how we can already be perfect and, and not be still perfect. be perfect. <laughs> being made holy yeah yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. how that works is the difference between soul and spirit yeah
0: yeah yeah so for those of you that have never read hebrews before sean just ruined the entire book i'm you. so sorry <laughs> no it's okay uh spoiler awesome. alert yeah that was cool that's man that's good um yeah we were talking about in chapter 4 verse 13 too this is kind of one of those verses that sparked a lot of fear before and it actually wasn't until we had this conversation we was talking about it sunday night that we were like this is one of the most comfort, comforting and beautiful verses. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. been one of
2: my favorites. Um, and
0: so it's, yeah, it says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And we just, what, what do we do as we sift through this? We remember Jesus. We sift through it by the character of Jesus who does not, like, fearfully push us into heaven with scary images of hell, right? Like, he draws us in through the beauties of Christ. And so one thing that we we even learned through this passage, you, you just heard us talk about it a second ago, was just that, like, when Christ made his final judgment, when Christ said it is finished with sin, when he looked at us and declared us his own, called us good, said it was finished, he wasn't making that... Um, I don't know, rashly, like he, he wasn't making that like without without seeing everything and evaluating things like, yeah, like
2: we're naked before him. He knew he knew all the ways we were going to mess yeah. up. Yeah. And so and sometimes like I I believe, you know, like I can't I don't know in full
0: like we've already established. I don't know my sin in full day by day. I'm learning how sinful I am and, and I'm seeing so much more of the depth of my flesh than I saw years ago. And so it can be foolish sometimes for me to believe that this is also when I see some of my sin for the first time in my flesh for the first time, that it's also the father's first time seeing my sin in my flesh, not really believing that when he chose me, when he stamped daughter across my head, he saw it all in full then, like he knew exactly what he was getting into. And so it it can be easy for me sometimes when I really mess up and when I I get the really bad uh uh-oh moments of my life to kind of wonder is Christ still going to call me his own? Not realizing that when he first called me his own, he already saw that moment. I was naked and exposed before him that no creature, including myself, no sin that would come from me um, was, was hidden from his sight. And so I can rest even more so peacefully um, in his judgment that He he declared me his own, he declared me good, and that judgment is final. It is not something that he's Reevaluating, It's not something he's going to come back and revisit. He is all-knowing. He was all-knowing when he made me his own. He's all-knowing now. And his knowledge of my sin hasn't f- fluctuated at all. It's always been constant.
2: And it's kind of like this is jumping the gun a little. Sorry, I keep, keep it's okay. doing that. Spoilers
0: again. Sean's <laughs> killing us.
2: Hey, it's still within Hebrews. chapter 4. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, great. See, even
2: better. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, at the end when it says, like in verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Mm. He already knows all of the messed up sinful things we're thinking so we can run to him with whatever. If I'm really mad at God and I want to be like, what the heck are you doing? He's not surprised by that. I'm already naked before him so I can run with confidence to the throne of grace knowing that he sees all of my mess. But when he looks at me, he sees Jesus. Yeah. But also he's not surprised. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just even more so than we were talking about earlier, just like. Like, I don't want to clean up my thoughts and prayers for my Father. If that's going to be the most intimate relationship I have, um, I don't want to, out of fear, kind of uh, make my prayers sound nicer or my thoughts sound more appropriate yeah. or whatever. Like, it's God. Like, He already knows. Like, let's be real with Him. Let's let's do it. Yeah, we don't have to hide, but also we can't. Yeah, 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 man. That's insane. Um, yeah, and going into, so finishing up chapter 4, talking about verses 14 through 16. Something that, uh, I don't know, I kind of, the Spirit kind of gave me, I guess, over the summer reading through verse 14 for the first time. It's just this really cool picture that kind of just serves my affections for Christ. When it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And just this phrase, pass through the heavens. Like, I picture almost like like a sprinter, like, running through a marathon mm-hmm. or something. And, and I picture Jesus in perfect communion with the Father, knowing that one day he would come and bring us there. And just being like, no. No, like, I've got to go. Like, it wasn't just something that God was like, all right, listen, we've talked about this. You're going to go to earth. It's not going to be as good as it is here. You're going to be there for, it's mm-hmm. going to feel like a little while. And the end of it is probably going to suck a lot. But we already talked about this. You agreed with me. So just go. And then Jesus was like, oh, okay. Like, that's not how it went down. Yeah. Jesus wasn't, like, forced or apathetic about coming. He passed through the heavens to come and deliver us from death, which is just wild. That's that's crazy. And and so it's, it's that that wants to make me hold fast this confession we we talked about that a lot earlier like this confession of long ago at many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last times he's spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things and who has now delivered us from lifelong slavery to the fear of death right like that is what I've got to hold fast to it's it's not Something that I I sometimes remember and I sometimes forget. It's not something that I'm slow to find and misplace and grab onto. It's like whatever thought comes into my mind at any time of the day, whatever situation comes up, I hold as fast as I can. I'm reaching for as fast as I can this idea that God has spoken to me, God is speaking to me in this very moment. By his son, and his son was in perfection, and chose to pass through the heavens. He is my great high priest, who has come and delivered me. And and man, that's just I I can't get over that. It's crazy,
1: and it is so cool that like he did that just because he wanted to. And then like I don't know, just like thinking about that in terms of verse thirteen, like like he did it knowing that like knowing everything about us, and that like nothing about us is hidden from him, and then that like. I don't know, just that that's so cool that, like, I don't know, he wanted to. Like, that's just amazing. Yeah. I don't know, I don't have better words for that. That's just awesome. Yeah. Well, and
2: you were talking about how cool it is when it's talking about who, um, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Yeah. Um,
1: and so, like, I think that's just, Really cool that, like, Jesus doesn't just know our weaknesses, but he understands them Mm. because he experienced them. Mm, And, like, that is so kind of him. Like, he did not have to, he did not have to spend 33 years on this earth. But, like, and, like, he could have just come, like, for one year, saved us all, and left. But, like, he chose to live 33 years and, like, experienced temptation Mm. in every way. And, like, he didn't have to do any of that. But we have a high priest who sympathizes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and how how much quicker then because of that do I want to confidently run to him, you know? Do I want to confidently hold fast this confession and and so one thing that's kind of a good way to end this that we we've talked about is if you look at chapter four verses fourteen to sixteen, it's kind of a really good summation of what we've read yeah. in all of Hebrews so far, right? That we talked about these mm-hmm. main points that we want to take away from the chapters that. Long ago and at many times in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, that his son partook of flesh and blood, that he came, that he suffered, that he delivered us from the fear of death, um, that he has now called us into this rest. He's freely invited us. He's given us this confidence, this confession to hold on to. And so in 14 through 16, that's what we see. We see that since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. That's pretty much the gist of chapter Mm 1, right? Yeah. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. That's chapter 2. Yeah. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's like, come into my rest. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so we see just such a beautiful picture here of all that Jesus is, all that we've seen in Hebrews so far, that Jesus was better than anything else we can imagine, better than the angels, better than the prophets, that that the character of Christ is what we base our hope off of. Just like in these verses, the very first phrase is, we have a great, who hi- a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. I messed that up a little bit, but you know what I'm trying to say. That is where we start. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What's our confession? Basically, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son mm-hmm. of God, and and we don't move on until we get that. And then, because we get that, we know that we we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He defeated sin. He delivered us from these fears. He knows how to deliver us. He is good at what he does. And so because of this, because he sprinted, he was awesome and yet left that perfect communion, sprinted so far and went to such great lengths to get us. We can now with confidence run straight to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace and help in time of need. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so, man, I'm just so thankful for all that the Father's doing in this time and in this study. I'm so grateful that we are able to fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And we're going to keep seeing that. If you guys are sick of it, you might want to stop now because it's going to keep coming up <laughs> yeah. every single week and we're going to see more therefore statements and we're not going to want to move on until we've already got a good hold of what we've gotten. And and there's so many statements coming that, that are quick to make people fear and ask questions about their faith. And one of the reasons I think that is is the book of Hebrews is so good at exalting Jesus, which is what our whole lives are meant to be about. And it's... Full of such good truth. And if that's true, and if there's such freedom to be found in the book of Hebrews, the enemy's gonna be all over it. And the enemy's mm-hmm. gonna do whatever he can to try and morph these statements and, and twist them and turn them and put question marks where they don't need to be. Yeah. And so how much more then do we want to fight for the tone of Christ in these passages, for the character of Christ, to remember Jesus, to consider Jesus and fix our eyes on him, um, not on ourselves. Not on our performance. We're not sifting anything through our performance, our behavior, Thank
2: goodness. our, our Thank resume God. as a
0: believer. No, like we are sifting things through and only through the character of Christ. Um, and so, yeah, it's just been really, really sweet getting to walk through this together. Um, so, yeah, so starting this coming week, we'll be reading through chapter five. Um, we'll have an episode of, out about chapter five in the next week or so. It'll just be the one. Um, but, yeah, we're super excited about that. If like always, if there's anything that you guys have questions, ideas, um, frustrations, criticism, praises, we, praises cool stories, we take it all. Yeah. And we want to know how the spirit's been moving throughout all of this, what you're learning through Hebrews. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just what that looks like. So, so feel free to send us an email. Um, it's come further up at gmail.com. You can follow us on the Instagram page, DM us on there. It's at come further up, um, but, yeah, that's that's all I got. You guys got anything else? I don't no. think so. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And um, make sure you start Chapter 5 this week and tune in next week to catch the next episode.